You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. What's going on, everybody? This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to Episode 75, Addressing Apathy in Students. Well, to talk about this topic today, my buddy Zach Workin from LifeWay Students is joining me. We'll discuss some evergreen methods of how to deal with apathy and two elements that are kind of unique to this day and age that change up how we address apathy as well. Let's go ahead and hop into this conversation with Zach. Zach, my man, thanks for hopping on the podcast today. Yeah. Oh, man, so good. So good to be with you. Yeah, dude. Uh, First guest in the new season. Uh, You definitely uh, deserve that honor. Yeah. What's been going on with you to start off the semester? Oh, man, Uh, this is so we're in the thick of fall and our oldest is now second grader. So we're living that elementary dad life of drop off and pick up. Uh, and then our youngest is a kindergartner, so he's finishing up. Uh, his preschool goes through kindergarten. Okay. Uh, so he's big dog on campus. Uh, so our baby is big dog, and apparently he's hilarious at school. Uh, and I think by the time this one comes out, we are just finishing up a big travel run with our LifeWay students travel team. So I am about to, at the time of listen for this, about to really enjoy a, a holiday season. Uh, that's a chance to write, reflect, and kind of get excited for 2023. Uh, it's been a whirlwind of a year. I think the last that we talked, uh, we were in the thick of figuring out what we were going to do as kind of our LifeWay students training team. Uh, we now have the rhythm and we are living into it and it's been really good, man. So it's uh, it's been a really good season. Uh, we had a really great family summer uh, with after a you know a busy spring and a work fall. Uh, so I'm ready for the holidays. Yeah. I'm ready. Dude, awesome. Yeah. I love seeing your pictures from over the summer. You all had a good time. It's really good. We're doing it, man. Kicking it. We're kicking Heck yeah. it. All right. So for this episode, uh, we're talking about taking notice of uh, how we should approach apathy in students. Uh, there are a few. Yes. Yeah, there's, that's, a, that's a long time topic that you can always talk Oof. about. Um, and there are a few ingredients in the mix right now that give this topic some nuance uh, from how it might have been discussed a few years ago. But we'll get to those. First things first, man. Yep. Uh, for people who are watching and listening, what are what's some evergreen advice? What are some patented methods that are tried and true and how to deal with apathy in students who are in youth ministry? So I think I think the question of apathy uh, that gets asked in student ministry specifically relates to feeling like they're either not there or they're not engaged. I think that's kind of the cover word, the covering of like, I mean, like my kids that used to be here aren't here, or the kids that are here don't seem to give a flip or a rip while they're here. Uh, the first thing I would tell any youth minister is before you get mad, before you get upset, check their motivation. Like, there's a little bit of homework that you need to do beyond just the like, well, they hated that game or they didn't like my lesson. Like, it may not be a you thing. There's probably a motivation thing for them to dig down a little bit deeper because students by nature, like uh, I think even more so now uh, than other seasons that we'll talk about in one of the other questions, uh, like, you know, they kind of just they don't have the like um, 
manners is the wrong word, but the willingness to fake it. Yeah. Right. Sometimes when we say that students are authentic, uh, that means that they're real, like whatever the cost, right? Like we might've said like a generation or two ago, people would like, you know, like suck it up and just be like, Oh, you know, it's, it's fine. You know, good job, pastor Jeff. That was all right. And now it's like, nah, man, that was lame, bro. And you're like, oh, what? What? Oh, it was, was it me? And so it becomes that like internalized, right. like it's a me problem, yep. but it may be a motivation problem for them. So I would, I would say work really hard to not make this like an us and them, that they're apathetic, uh, that you're excited, um, but to do the empathy check of like what's actually going on. So wife is an educator. Karen's been teaching high school for over 15 years. Whenever she has an apathetic student, she told me to relay this to your listeners. She tries to figure out in the other areas of their life that are observable, what are the things that might actually stoke the passion, right? Like, so it's one of those like, yeah, they don't care about math, but like, do they love chess club or they are, they come alive in like jazz band or football. So if that's true, it's related to the subject area, not to like the course of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're apathetic always, there's probably something else going on, right? Like there is like some trouble at home, some like trauma buried deep or some like like a, a, a inability to like socialize or cope or do like something else is going on that has nothing to do with your lesson, pastor, and maybe not so much to do with your game. And so I think doing some of the like the homework that way probably really important. So that would say, check the motivation before you get mad. Uh, that's one of the evergreen vices I would give. The second thing is to mix it up because that's a way for you to do some internal like observational stuff, right? Like if you always, if you have like the formula that's like, they come in, we play a game, we sing three songs, I talk, we sing, we leave, like that's predictable. So they're going to have a like predictable behavior. Mm-hmm. But if you mix it up in a way that's different, you're going to get to see them in different moments where maybe like the game took more time because it was really like physical or active. Or maybe it was a quick lesson into a song, into a more active thing. Or maybe instead of you talking at them, there was some like, depending on the room and the size of the group, some like group or team or table activity that like fed the conversation or discussion instead of like lecture first. Maybe it was like, feedback first lecture later kind of thing yeah i think there's some ways to like stir the pot to see like what resonates and what works like just hammering whatever your formula is home only like reinforces what you love and engages you and so it's going to stretch you so that's one of the things like so check their motivation and also be willing to be stretched to try a few different things because i think sometimes we get stuck right like like, i just keep doing it and it doesn't work it's like well you keep doing it and that's why it's not working yes exactly (laughs) no i love that dude those are good things to hit um i think definitely there are some fluctuations with middle school and high school and i think you know something something that i know several of us who are watching and listening and you, you and i for sure have heard especially with middle schoolers has always been man, just changing it up a little bit. Like if they walk in and all the chairs are gone, they're like, what's going on? You know, or, what's about to yeah, 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 or, yeah. <laughs> or you switch the order or something like that alone is going to achieve kind of a, kind of the every seven minute effect that, uh, uh, you know, people talk about of how to change up things with students in, in a message to engage them. And, and that's really good. And as far as the uh, internalizing that's that's an that's always a struggle. Whether you're a small group leader, whether you're upfront teaching or leading worship, you're trying to measure 
how you're doing as well as how they're receiving yeah. it. But if one of those has to win out, it's almost always going to be reflecting on yourself and saying, how am I performing? And that's when it goes into like a vain uh, area of like, I need to perform better. And then that cuts you off from what you just said, like being able to make sure all these students and my volunteer leaders are walking in the door with something. And I probably don't know what it is. And that's going to affect the lens that they see everything through, what they hear, how they apply it, especially because, you know, just like how words, words today are so important because with a lot of important words, everyone has a different definition of them. So if you read a tweet, if you read a comment, even if you say something in that that's in a script for your large group teaching or small group teaching, it's always important to define those words because that's going to get everyone on the same page. Like being aware of how you're coming across and then what they're walking in with, those are variables that are always going to be different. Even if your yeah. program is static, the variables are the people. And the variables right. are the most important part of ministry because it's for people. So, yeah. Well, and I think what you're picking at, man, like that's when we say community, it's what you just shared. Like when you say that your youth ministry isn't a youth group, it isn't a program, it's a community, or we care about community. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is that every kid that walks in there has a chance to reshape yep. a little bit of how the room is, yeah. right? Like you may have. Dude, th- there was a season in ministry where we had a crop of nerds and we just, there was, everything was a little nerdier and that's just what it mm-hmm. was. There was a season in ministry where we had the whole show choir because show choir captain uh, was best friends uh, with, you know, one of our other girls and they just, they, 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 they move in herds. They came together. <laughs> and so like we had a really artsy season of ministry where like, it was not weird to have lip sync battles that were like full on, like awesome competitions because they were all really talented, Mm. but that that's just the nature of the community and the group and moving the chairs around or like there's Play-Doh at the table. Like that, that may be like, I would never think of that. Or like, that seems so small, but it's huge because it's, it's disruptive in a way that's really helpful. And I think that's the thing that you shared also is that engagement is the measure of our willingness to like stretch ourselves to connect with them Mm -hmm. instead of like a performance of like, how did they like what I did? Like it may not be your best talk, but you brought in other elements that allowed you to get to the heart of them. And that's worth it other than you feeling polished about your notes. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's like, if the heart of what we do is to care about teaching informing, and discipling, then you have to be humble enough to like, shave a few minutes off of the time that you got to talk or be willing enough to make the Walmart run to pick up a few art supplies to connect with the parable in a way that was both visual and auditory. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Love that. So let's get to the two elements that make handling this topic right now a bit more complex. So obviously... Ramp it up. Yeah, let's let's go. Let's go. (laughs) One of them is everyone knows about it, probably tired of hearing about it, but it's going to affect us for the rest of our lives. A post-COVID world, right? It's t- COVID it's, hit. It's taken yeah. COVID hit. Whenever COVID Whenever COVID, hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the COVID stuff. and It's always a hit. Like COVID punches, man. It punches Dude, you back. Dude, it <laughs> kicks you in the back. It's it's hard. Yeah. Uh, and that that's taken, that's for a lot of ministries, it's taken a lot more time than people thought to kind of regain footing on what's normal ministry now. But the other element, which people watching and listening, you know, we, you you have an experience unless, unless you've been around ministry for a long time. 
and that's a generational uh, rotation. So this is the first yeah. semester for Generation Alpha as sixth graders in youth ministry. And I remember like I had millennials, the youngest millennials going into Gen Z. And then as a youth pastor, I fell one semester short of seeing the Gen Z to Gen Alpha turnover. Like I'm, I'm, I'm still a sub teacher, but like not as just a, as a pure youth worker. And that is a whole new frontier. So, um, Zach, how do these two elements affect our approach in dealing with apathy that maybe we wouldn't think of even a year or two ago? Uh, man, so the 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 number one thing as we're kind of formulating thoughts around this next new generation is that life was always uh, life has always given them a screen to interact with the world. Mm-hmm. They've always had access to a screen that would interact with a larger world. Uh, there's kind of, there's probably more, there's at least two schools of thought on that. One is to embrace it and to make sure that for every moment that you might be considering teaching the room of them in person to have some kind of accompanying like video interactive screen-based element, uh, whether it's a game or the video like one minute short or some kind of engaging thing or real or TikTok or short or whatever. Uh, so that you embrace it and you find ways to incorporate, implement, and extend. Like that's the part that I'm most curious about are ways to extend what would be traditional youth ministry programming or happening through screens, mm-hmm. right? So like your talk was shorter, that's fine. You've been sharing little videos all week long, right? Like like you you spent that time educating so that like maybe the time that you had them in the room was inspiring or right, encouraging right. Or, or vice versa. I don't know. Uh, so you can embrace it. Or I can think you can find ways to exclude it to create safe zones from it. Because one of the other stats that we've got from at least the younger Gen Z, maybe Gen Alpha, again, too young to really know, uh, is that some of them are feeling addicted to it or even like held in bondage or hostage to Mm. it. So if church is a safe zone, if youth ministry, if our corporate gathered time is a safe zone from the technology, that might be a welcomed respite. I, I, it's probably a little bit of both and, but I do think there needs to be some real thoughtfulness about the ways in which we are embracing it. And man, it's part of our strategy. We're doing digital things alongside our analog meetings, but there is got to also be a welcomed, like, man, like we don't do the phone thing here. And that's a benefit from you and me. Yeah. Think this time is precious and we don't want to be distracted by other things. And I think, and this is the thing that I would want to underline both with, we communicate that clearly to them. Like we involve them in the strategy. And I think that is something that's very different than how we've done youth ministry before, where it was like, oh, you didn't even know we were doing it. And it happened. Like we invite them into the like, we're going to, when we gather on Sunday nights, man, we're just going to do phone free zone, youth pastor included. We're all going to phone free and we're going to celebrate that we're all here in the room together. And then we'll check up with the rest of the world later Mm -hmm. on. Uh, Instead of being like, hey guys, we, we don't need our phones. Well, why don't we need our phones? We we don't need them. Like, like invite them into it. Talk about it. Like, I think that's some of the things that, at least for some of the other folks that I've been in conversation with, to not, to not uh, uh, overlook uh, how informed they are by other sources. That we would like protect them from like the truth of why we're trying to get at why we're getting at. Like, not like we want you back next week. It's not a sales pitch of like we want you back. It's 
it's really good for us to gather weekly because that's how we foster more and more communication. Yeah. It's honest talk. It's genuine talk. And like you may already do it, but I would encourage you to lean into it even more because students this age, this season, like this is not the thing where it's like you're going to explain it to them later. Yeah. I would encourage you to explain it along the way. Yeah. No, that's great, dude. It's not just giving them instructions to follow. It's giving them a vision to participate in. It's yeah, uh, the bigger picture, the bigger picture. And, and saying the bigger picture over and over again. Like it's not, Hey, don't interrupt the person talking in the front. It's Hey, like it's not just the nice thing to do. It's the, this is the way we want to communicate. We want to, well, time for questions at the end. Like you know, explain the whole, the run of the thing. Yes, know? absolutely. Yeah. I think that applies to both those elements because obviously you're right with, um, with COVID and everything went online and how, how do we now account for the online element? But, also the in-person element. And of course, biologically speaking, we were made for in-person conversation. I remember talking with um, someone on my staff who who's a parent and uh, they went to their open, their kids open house. And this is junior high or high school, I think maybe high school. And in this teacher's class, every time they come in the class every day, they spend the first five minutes having face-to-face conversations with other students sitting around them. No phones, no anything. And for a while, it's really awkward. But then they eventually get to do it because students don't know how to do that anymore. They're just all about screens. And they're like, why would I want to... Like, I have to talk to this person who's next to me. Like, why can't I just like read my iPad while you're teaching and whatever, like, right. <laughs> and it's, it's not a big deal. You're just up there. I'm down. Right. Here. And I'm like, it feels weird. Yeah. Like what well, home I do it. I have TV on and I play on my screen, which youth pastor, by the way, you second screen too. I've seen you have football on and check fantasy football scores on your phone. You're doing it. You're just not doing it at a church environment, yep. which is your work environment. Yep. But for them, it's one more place to be in a different environment. No, like, yeah. Absolutely. They both have couches. It's confusing, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it's it's really important to like emphasize, hey, the in-person time is great. If for some reason you could only plug in online, like we want to include you, but we want you to get here in person as soon as you can to experience this. And to I, lo- I love that idea of taking a technology break. Even if it's even if it's only like every other week or once a month where you do like a big special thing, like really showing students that teaching them how to engage in person is so important, not just for your lesson in the youth community, but for life. It's going to be a huge skill. So, so Jeff, that's one thing I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I have given this talk at a couple of different conferences. That's one that like sometimes comes up or whatever, but for the youth ministry planner who's listening to this and it's like, okay, but yeah, but like, what do I program? What do I do? It's a tidbit. I don't know if it's fully tested. This is a hypothesis. I want others to test and report back. I think the future of some youth ministry events may be far less entertainment, right? Like, come ride the mechanical bull. Come play laser tag in the parking lot. And they may be more experiential, mm-hmm. which is come have a quiet break, freedom from phone and distractions. Like, it may be a little more, like, uh, uh, introspective than it was, like, sheer entertainment because entertainment everywhere else is so high stakes and so excellent. It's hard for any youth pastor to keep up with 
massively multi multiplayer online role playing games or to keep up with how entertaining like the latest shows and TV like it's hard for us to do that. What's not hard for us to do is to be really present and relational if we're willing to commit to. Yeah. It. No, I love that, dude. I love that. Well, Zach, this has been awesome, man. Glad to have you on as my, as my first guest, and uh, I'll be praying for you You're as back. you uh, continue kicking butt uh, for student ministry and the kingdom with Lifeway. Thanks again, bro. Amen. Big fan of youth ministers, youth ministry leaders, and you, my friend. Thanks, Jeff. That concludes today's episode. Thanks again to Zach for joining me. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it, and make sure to also subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can listen to all of our past episodes, catch a comprehensive list of our guests, look at some articles I've published, find some organizations to help your ministry, and a store for merchandise, and more at our website, youthministrymaverick.com. Also, if you leave us a review, not just a rating, but a review on Apple Podcasts, send me a screenshot of it, and I'll send you a thank you card with some merchandise you can't buy on the store. Well, thanks again for listening. Until next time, adios.